0: Before I continue, uh, in case any of you might need to leave early, um, I have to say that um, my book is available over there on the table. And uh, it's the book I said in the Israel uh, version is called Waking Up in Daily Life the publishers asked me to retitle it here in the in the English version as uh, what's beyond mindfulness which uh, is a kind of maybe a commercial title i don't know uh, but it this the subtitle is waking up to this precious life and um it has it, it's been really recommended and i've had some really nice Support and reviews from Jack Cornfield, who I know very well, and John Cabot Zinn. It's actually on the cover. He, uh, John's uh, quote is on the cover of the book. So it it it's really a book that you can just pick up chapters, any chapter, and uh, just read it. If there's a chapter that interests you on something to do with waking up and wake awakened view of our life. Uh, so it's available and. Um, and the other thing is there's some leaflets Uh, I'm teaching online courses and one online course is on self Uh, it's eight uh, um, eight talks on self and non-self and uh, eight meditations different meditations and eight sets of reading materials Uh, so that's an example and there's three other two or three other courses there so there's leaflets on on the book and on the online teaching that I'm doing. Uh, the only one thing I should say is we're st- it's just now happened that uh, online teach- online courses, they're just now available, and that uh, the price is three hundred dollars, but that's not the price. It's just I'm getting them to change it <laughs> that the, the price is a sliding scale. So just to let you know, not to be put off by uh, suddenly you open the 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 website of the courses uh are there on the leaflet, but the openings are' three hundred dollars just don't worry about that just keep reading and you'll see that um there's a sliding scale uh, so I just wanted to sort of do that little bit of self advertising and then that's done so let's um let's open to any questions that uh have come up for uh while I'm talking while uh you're listening anything that's um that anything triggered? Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's one there, and then... I was struck
1: by um, the thought that um, the self is defensive in purpose. And... Um, The other day I also was struck by something I saw. I was at the gym and this man, very nice, had a tattoo on his arm that said, Hinani. Wow. Which means, I'm here, Lord.
0: Yeah. I mean, I used that… Were you here at the beginning?
1: Not at the the very
0: beginning. Ah, because I used that word today. In the meditation.
1: So I guess the defensiveness stands in the way of being here, in the sense that I learned in the Gurdjieff Society um, to be as simple as a monk before God. That's my thought.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. Thank you. And uh, it's um, Hineni really is um, in the direction of allowing the divine because in the Bible Hineni is the answer to the kind of call of the divine to Abraham. The divine is calling, but divine is calling us. So the divine is calling us. Where are you? And it doesn't, the answer isn't me, 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 me. <laughs> the answer has to be here, here, available here, and uh, so this is a dialogue on another place, not in the dialogue of me, me, me. That's not an answer to the divine. The divine isn't interested in me, me, me. But,
1: uh, is it the defensiveness that stands in the way of hinani?
0: Absolutely yeah completely Ex- exactly. so there was a there was a question over there.: Thanks.
2: Um, so I've been practicing mindfulness meditation and reading up on Buddhism and, and the Dharma for some yeah, years. Yeah. now. Okay. more like this. Yeah. okay. Um, so I've been practicing for, for some years now, just um, learning about mindfulness and meditation and uh, Buddhism and the Dharma to some extent that I feel I have uh, at least an initial grasp on on the practices and the teachings. Um, one particular area that I have difficulty really integrating practices in my life is at work. Um, is? Is, a, is, a, is at work, um, per, while I'm at work, uh, okay. particularly okay. On, the, on the subject of no self and really just opening up um my experience just being present, because um, I feel that at work, you know, Monday to Friday, nine to five, I have to to be a self and really be a person. It's hard to, you know, just yeah. really be in that that Zen mode, um, if you want to call it that. So I don't know. Maybe if you could could speak to just because I, I feel that not, I feel that I'm almost putting that those practices on hold or really cheating myself of. Maybe being having more of an authentic experience of being present uh, when I have to, you know, just be be a self and have that, you know, like like you were mentioning. Um, so I don't know if that's that's something that, that you could speak to and just feeling that that frustration of really having to put,
0: you know, that on hold. So yeah, yeah, uh, I understand it very well, and. Um, There's a few directions. Firstly, um, in relation to the self, we need to watch what happens when we're contracted. So you're at work and you're more contracted, and you're here and you're more expansive. You go to New York Insight or you practice at home meditation and you will feel more expanded, more aware, more awake, more present and more large as a human being. And then you go to work and you feel contracted, shut down, reactive, and so on. One key is to see both happening. Instead of, res- instead of trying to kind of to say, I, I've fallen down, you know, I've failed. Uh, it's to actually see the contraction happening. And when we see contraction and expansion, we're, something in us is bigger than both. So watching the sense of contraction, watching the, if you like, uh, fear of others that makes us want to behave in a certain way according to others' expectations, that's the pressure. So we feel the pressure. We feel the pressure of, of, of having the mind to be dedicated to kind of computer or whatever it is, and we just feel all that contraction happening, not as a problem... That, I, that, that is non-dharma, but actually to see it as dukkha, as difficulty, as contraction. It's conditions here. That's what the conditions are. And slowly, slowly, you will f- you will be able to kind of be aware of an expanded place and a contracted place, an expanded place and a contracted place. You have to keep doing that. So that's one thing. At work, also keep making lots of mini-reset moments. It can be one second, two seconds, one breath, but secretly, and you don't have to tell anybody, you, you need these mini-reset that are... It's very practical. Once I, was, I had a, a whole a course I did to doctors, and um, the thing that seemed to work for doctors, I told them put your hand on the table and take one breath and feel that touch of the table before the next patient comes into the door. (laughs) And and they enjoyed that. They said, yeah, yeah. So it's this kind of mini... Thirdly, um, in terms of, if you like... uh, The self-story, you can still feel a little bit like a small child in a mysterious, crazy world called my work. (laughs) Uh, Something bringing a little bit of the innocence of of the meditation experience to work. I don't know what's happening here, really. I'm just functioning. Yeah, doing all my work, but there's a certain, you know, not knowing about it, like an innocence, and you can, and that's a kind of more expanded place, and rather than having to do it so well and be on top of everything, it's like a little bit standing back, and if you can do that in daily life, even small bits, small moments, standing back, say, so, yeah, okay, I'm doing what I need to do, but it's, it's. Um, Fantasy land, I don't know how to put it really. But just this small gap between me and the actions that I'm doing. A little bit more of an innocence there and a kind of freshness. Okay, it's what's happening, but I don't have to be 100%. I don't need to be 100% inside the computer. I can be 50% in the computer and 50% I can listen to the traffic outside. I can hear the birds. Are there birds in New York? I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm joking but (laughs) I don't know where you work but uh, maybe in the anyway (laughs) Um, uh, or your breath or uh, or the body or the sounds of other people uh, in the room and all of that is just coming through the senses and there's an innocence in the senses the senses are always immediate they're not about processing and they're not about being me they're about being now Senses are always, they don't lie. They're always in the now. So kind of using 50% of the senses going, you know, non-functional place. Uh, And just keep doing it. And then also just forgive yourself if you totally get lost in work. So what, you know? (laughs) It happens. We need to be kind to ourselves anyway. So um, these are some of the sort of directions.
2: Thank you.
1: Um this is my first time here, but I've been involved with another tradition of Buddhism and you you were really helpful and you you gave your example when you started practicing of the abyss. Mm. Actually but you welcomed the abyss. I have kind of an opposite reaction. You spoke about fear a little bit. I Glimpses of nothingness or non-self, and I get incredibly anxious. Mm -hmm. Delighted, but
0: anxious. Absolutely. Can you? Well, my my experience was fear. That's what I said in the story of the abyss. I couldn't go in. I wanted to jump in the abyss, but every time I went to the edge, I, I I I had fear, anxiety, because. There's nothing more scary to the self than non-existence of self. The self is built to survive, so there's nothing more scary than the the challenge to the survival of self. Nothing. So we need to understand that. And one of the things I said in my in my talk was that the whole thing has to happen gradually and naturally, and not about Non-self, that means trying to be no-self. The trick in the whole thing is to see the modulations of selfing and no-self. To see the kind of selfing arises when we're defensive and reactive, like your question uh, of, a, of a, a reactivity and concert, a challenge, we have the self arises, peace and quiet, there's less self there. Um, deep meditation, even less self. And then we, we get up and go to work, like you say. And a big and our self comes up to see all of that and be really, like in the story in my book, to be really comfortable with the shape of us our, of ourselves. And so this comfort and this ease with ourselves is the basis. And then slowly, slowly, we begin to um, kind of be less. The key is lightness. Rather than being, trying to be a no-self, experiencing lightness and ease, whether we are self or less self. And that is not a dramatic kind of scary, now, it can happen by itself sometimes, and maybe there's something in what you're saying, which is that it can suddenly happen, a uh, 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 kind of meeting with emptiness, and then we can get a shock, indeed. But I think at those times, when people in retreat, it happens sometimes in retreat, and they get scared, and then we just I just tell them, okay, that's fair enough, now go to the kitchen, hang out, Talk to people, laugh, cut vegetables, <laughs> and be alive and well and okay and happy and you know and uh so it's kind of we, we do need the skill there, we need the skill of meeting those places easily and a lot of happiness and joy and and being okay with the shape that we're in, and then those experiences can be scary and it's indeed but we'll touch that fear and say, okay, I, f- I understand that. That's the self saying, no, 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 I need to be here. And as long as we understand that, we can, it, we'll go to those places again and again and, and gradually they will uh, get less scary. It will take time. Thank you. There's a beautiful quote from an um, American author, I think, Chesterton, who said, uh, why do angels fly because they take themselves so lightly.
3: <laughs> hi, hi. Um, hi. So, my question is um, thinking about criticism, um, criticism from someone, you, it, and not light criticism, when there is intention put on your actions, um, uh, that you did this to hurt, or you're doing this to be mean, mean. This, this idea that we can't, the idea that others might mirror back to us an ugly version of self, Without first going to say, well um, i'm not going to be um, I'm not going to be defensive because I, I, this idea that someone can see or try to mirror back to you a self that you don't recognize that is ugly, and what to do with that, whether we take this in." although we say, well, that's not my intention or this kind of doubt, like, am I as bad as you're portraying me to be? And what does one do with that without saying, well, I'm not going to entertain this. This is That would mean being me being defensive or not working with maybe manifesting. I, I, I'm not really sure how to articulate it, but it's a very uncomfortable idea that people often say, well, you can't see yourself or I see who you really are and you're this ugly person. Um What does one do with that in a way? Because it feels bad.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I can really feel the pain that you're talking about. And um, uh, one or two things. Firstly, um, you have to be careful because other people have all kinds of agendas of, their, of them, their agendas that might make them mirror you in a certain way. I don't know, you know, then other per- it, if a Buddha comes along and mirrors you, uh, I would uh, say, well, maybe I'd listen more. But a Buddha would never say to you, you're ugly, or there's an ugly side to you. The Buddha would always say, yes, There is pain. You have experienced things in your life that are painful, or that may have conditions, and there is a place to learn and 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 to develop. But would see it as um, I'll put it another way. Our task, your task, my task, our task is to feed the goodness in us, and not to feed the difficulty and the attached places. So we have to do that ourselves. Someone comes with criticism of us, it may not be helpful, they may, it may be just a kind of uh, trying to feed the negative fire. And I think we have to stand our ground... And stand on our feet and say, Okay, but well, I'm developing myself, I'm working with my quality, good qualities and the negative qualities, I'm not feeding the negative qualities the best I can be. But I don't think that kind of mirroring criticism, critical mirroring of ourselves that make us feel bad, I don't think it's helpful. And I think we need to stand our ground and say, Okay, I hear you, but. I'm, going to, I'm developing myself in the best way I can. And trust our own journey. And trust yourself. That you're doing the best you can. You have the shape, like I said, of the olive trees. You have the shape that life... And there's nothing wrong with you. Or me, or any of us. We are shaped by life. Yes, we have a job to do. Which is to not to feed the negative and to feed the positive in us. And that was the language of the Buddha is feeding not criticism I don't think criticism is helpful I don't think it it's helpful, and I, I think we have to be very careful not to be um, not to get to take it inside and then have a message in our mind that i I'm wrong and I'm ugly and there's something wrong with me. We just need to be to trust ourselves and say yes, there may be issues i I will not do my best not to feed the negative things in me, but I basically am happy with the shape that God made me. I'm OK with that, and I trust the shape that, that life made me up to now. And I have some jobs to do. So I don't believe this mirror this critical mirroring is helpful to any of us. That's my view. I think it's just going to make us feel bad and is not necessary. Good evening. Hi.
4: I love the topic of self, non-self. It's, it seems to be part of my makeup, so I, I enjoy it. Uh, have you ever heard of an author called Leonard Jacobson? Jacob- Leonard Jacobson. Leonard Jacobson. Yes, he wrote a book called the, um, the Journey Into Now and the Bridge Between Earth, Heaven and Earth. No, I don't know. He talks about self and non-self, and he doesn't talk about it in those terms. It's okay. not Buddhist From what I understand, from my understanding, that's what he's talking about. Whereas my partner loves to say, I see you, Mara. This gentleman in this book has taught me at work this one or two gentlemen annoy the hell out of me because they don't do what they're supposed to. So now I'm entangled in them because I'm seeing them Mm -hmm. not doing the job that they're supposed to as the same job that I do. So this gentleman's taught me to not so much say Mara, but say, Okay. I am judging this person, or I'm angry. I'm admitting it. I'm owning it. So now I'm facing the self. But instead of getting involved in it, it's thank you, judgment, for being so clear. When when, when it arises, you're showing me you're here. Mm -hmm. I'm judging, and I know that you're here. Thank you, and I love you. I accept the judgment because it's part of me. So now I let it in. And I let it eventually, it softens because next time it happens, it's a remembered response to not get entangled. But the, because I, I am open before I go to work. Mm. I get contracted by that one or two people, Yeah, which is terrible for one or two persons to change my, my thinking that way. But they're obviously my best teachers. Mm. So now I face that judgment and say, I see you. Thank you for being so clear. Mm. You're welcome. Mm. And I love you. Mm. And now I embrace it, and mm-hmm. it, I just say, the more I see it, yeah. it fades away. Yeah. So it's just, just different ways of people saying the same thing that talk to me from different places. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Your, um, it's helpful to. Uh, it, it, it's helpful to see the conditions. namely mean, the other person that's problematic that create responses in us and to see that chain happening so to to see the judgmental mind arising we can say thank you for someone to showing me that but in the end the work we do we really need to say thank you to ourselves that not so, the other person is the trigger but we need to say thank you to ourselves to be able to see the judgmental mind arising again and again and again and gradually become less engaged with it, less addicted to it, less automatic about the judgmental mind, to see it arising and going and arising and going. And there is, to see the judgmental mind will also show us the self behind it. So the two are not the same. The judgmental mind is a kind of reaction and it is owned by the self. So they look very close. Me judging it looks entirely me because it's a challenge and it's a threat and it and then that's the me but actually it's just a thought so you can actually undo the two slowly slowly and see you know yet there is a judgmental thought which is a habit like a loop in the brain and there is the me that identifies and you can actually separate the two and and that's you know also helpful practice okay. So we'll have one more question because I'd really like to go into a meditation um, before we finish. Uh, so we'll have one more question if that's all right. Go ahead. It's mine. It's <laughs> I'm curious about um, whether there has been any change in you or in your um, community in, um, as, as Israel? And Palestinian, and as we're seeing around the world, um, tensions uh, in, uh, increasing
1: and increasing focus
4: on, on us and them, on
1: differences. Is there any um, difference in your practice as, we, as the, there seems to be uh, movement toward a feeling of urgency around war and climate?
0: So, um, uh, let me put it this way. Um, To act and make change in the world, the uh, key is to manifest the qualities and gifts that you have So, um, it's more important to manifest the qualities that you have in any situation than to kind of measure what's happening. Now it's more urgent. Now it's less urgent. Now I absolutely have to go and make peace. Now not. Now yes, no. I think that um, the bigger picture of the Dharma would say you continuously manifest qualities of compassion, of uh, of kindness, of awareness, of peacemaking. You It happens by itself. The world can be in more crisis or less crisis. So I don't think, I have to say no to your question whether The urgency today changes anything in me because it doesn't I do feel the pain I have lots of grandchildren and I do feel the pain that these small kids are going to have to put up with a really hard life uh, because of what the adults have done I can feel that but that's a pain Um, but to be honest um, the Dharma in will ask us just to act from the qualities of your being, from the Dharma qualities of insight, awareness, heartfulness. You just go out in the world because there's nothing else to do anyway. More urgent or less urgent, makes no difference. So, you, you know, it can be in the streets of New York, streets of Tel Aviv or Palestinian areas. There can be more pain there, less pain there. There's pain everywhere. It can be in a center, real center of pain. We've been right in the center of, of the most, most painful situations uh, in Palestine. But then it can also be in the painful situation of someone close to death in Tel Aviv who, who has cancer. It, it, it doesn't feel that there's more urgency now and it's changed anything. We just manifest our uh, uh, dharma qualities wherever we go. Whenever it happens by itself. So let's have um, uh, a few minutes. Um, let's just have a few minutes of meditation to uh, close the evening and then um, I'll pass the, the, um, the microphone to you. Okay? So we'll just take five minutes. So we've got, we come back to presence, in any, I am here and available. And really get a sense of our body sitting. Where are our feet? Where are our hands? Where are our legs? The touch of the back. maybe touching the chair, or maybe just the back is touching clothes. And begin to get a sense that We know where all the parts of our body are and we know the boundary of our body. We know the limits of our body. We know where our body ends and the cushion or the chair begins or the floor begins. And we feel this boundary is me. I am here, limited, and this body is mine, and I experience it, bounded by the skin, and by the touch of chair, floor, whatever, that a non-body, And now begin to let go of all of that. Begin to feel sounds all around us coming from everywhere, coming from far away. begin to feel there is space around us and this space is known, our consciousness, our awareness, spreading out. Knowing the space around, above, below, into the earth. We know in front of us, we know behind us. Let our awareness spread out like a balloon Get a sense that the world and us are one thing. We are connected to the world. The world is all around. Mm -hmm. Feeling of merging with the space all around us. And the space outside. And there's also space inside, feel ourselves made of space, spaciousness inside, spaciousness outside. Just rest in the awareness that knows no limits, that goes out, that is spacious, and is spacious inside, and spacious outside, and the same space. Just rest in that openness. Now let's come back to the boundary world, to our body, to the limits, knowing the limits of our body, where are our hands and legs, and feeling it's a more contracted place. But that's fine, it's just different. And just kind of learn from this small meditation. Expansion and contraction are the nature of reality. Both are fine if we know them. We're aware of expansion, we're aware of contraction. And now we are back inside a more bounded place. That's fine. Just know it. So thank you all very much. And I'm happy to sign books, if you like, Uh, uh, anyone wants the book. And um, uh, tomorrow is a whole day that I'm giving on equanimity, a whole day practice. You're of course, welcome.
2: Thank you for listening.